what I have found, I don't know about you, Ben, but now, you know, when I was a kid, there was three, maybe four television stations. It seemed like there was always something on. Now I've got 2,000 stations. There's never anything on. Exactly. So it's like the more choices we're given, the more options we have, the more confusing things really are, right? It's time for the Money Night Podcast with certified financial planner, Wade Chessman. Glad to have you back on the Monday Night Podcast, along with Wade Chessman. I'm Ben George. We talk about a number of financial topics, investments, retirement strategies, a number of different things that hopefully you can take and apply to your plan, or you can maybe work with Wade on developing your plan and getting on the right path. Wade, how are you today? I'm doing awesome, Ben. How about you? I'm good, man. I'm good. You know, just kind of rolling through another day. Uh, it's been good, been busy, but I'm sure you guys have been kind of the same way, right? Oh, yeah. Definitely busy, but excited. Yeah, for sure. All right. So today on this episode, I want to do a couple of things. Uh, first off, let's take our first mailbag question uh, okay. of the show. Great. We'll do that. If you want to reach out and send in a question, you can do so at chessmanwealth.com. And we'll try to answer as many of those over the course of the podcast uh, that we can. But also remember, you can always reach out to Wade directly talk to his team. If you have any questions that we can, we don't get to, you can call him at 214-572-2120. Then after the mailbag, we're going to dive into our big topic today, which is busting the biggest financial myths. And this is important because, you know, there's a, a lot of widely believed financial myths that are out there floating around, especially with the advent of the internet and how easy it is to get on and, and find information, good or bad. So we want to present these to you, Wade, and let you kind of help us make sense of them, bust them if they need to be busted, and and tell us what the truth of the matter actually is. So we'll run through a number of those a little bit later in the show. That'll be great. Cool. So let me remind you first about Wade, who is the Certified Financial Planner and Certified Kingdom Advisor at Chessman Wealth Strategies. They have clients in Dallas. They serve the Dallas area with their office on Rambler Road, but they're also serving clients nationwide. So reach them online at chessmanwealth.com, or as I mentioned, 214-572-2120 is his number. Wade is also the co-author of Giving Transforms You, so make sure you check out his book as well. Uh, While you're here, make sure you subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to podcasts, whatever app you choose to use. You can find us there, but subscribe for us and uh, you'll get every episode delivered to you. So let's get in today's episode and start off with a mailbag question. This comes from Alex who writes this. I've seen a lot of growth in my 401k recently, which has been nice, but I feel that I should capture these gains and take risk off the table. On the other hand, what if the market keeps going up for another year or two and I miss out on that growth? Mm -hmm. That's a common question that we get. I give Alex some credit for at least thinking about his 401k and and being cognizant of the fact that it does make sense to revisit it once every once in a while. I think I talked about on the last podcast that a lot of times people put money in their 401k and just kind of leave it there. That's mm-hmm. probably not the best idea either. <laughs> so I would say it. we have had a nice run up in the stock market the last 10 years. And so perhaps it does make sense to at least examine where you are in your 401k and make sure that the current allocation that you have is in line with your risk tolerance for risk and your goals and objectives. You have to ask yourself, you know, if I saw that 401k drop 20% over the next three months, Mm -hmm. would I be comfortable with that? And if not, perhaps it makes sense then to readjust so that you have a portfolio that you can stick with through good times and bad. Because it is, it's difficult to time it. We don't know, you know, the, the market could go up another five years. We just don't know. So it's important to have a plan that you can stick with all the time. We have some tools on our website. We have a retirement readiness quiz you can take. We have a risk tolerance quiz you can take. that will give you a better idea of kind of where you stand. 
mm-hmm. and so that might help you get a sense of is my portfolio in line in my 401k with what I would like it to do and the objectives I have. I think that's the key. You can find those tools at chessmanwealth.com. Thank you, Alex, for the question. Remember, you can submit your questions through Wade's website at chessmanwealth.com, and we'll try to answer those in a future episode of this podcast. But if you have any questions, you can reach out to Wade and his team at Chessman Wealth Strategies anytime. They'll be happy to assist you with those things. So let's move into our main topic today, which is busting the biggest financial myths. And as I mentioned, these are some commonly held beliefs in the financial industry and things that people kind of follow without really questioning them sometimes. And that's the scary thing is they they base their financial plans on some of these myths. And we want to help people avoid doing that and making those mistakes. I'm going to run through the biggest financial myths, and I want you to help me make sense of them, Wade, if you would. Awesome. All right. We'll be Mythbusters. Exactly. Mythbusters. Yes. Mm -hmm. Here we go. Number one, shifting from stocks to bonds removes the volatility from your portfolio. Is that true? Well, the key word there, Ben, is removes. Okay. So that's a myth. Shifting from stocks to bonds could possibly lower the volatility of your portfolio, depending on the types of bonds that you own but it's not going to remove it because bonds are like, they're just another financial instrument, especially depending on the type that you own. They can go up and down just sometimes as much or more than stocks. So I wouldn't say removes, but I would say have done properly can help reduce the volatility of your portfolio. So it's important to understand that they have a place, I think, in a diversified portfolio, but they're not necessarily going to remove the volatility, but they can help you know diminish it somewhat. But you have to be careful because, you know, there's all types of bonds. You know, there's government bonds and then there's high-yield junk bonds. So uh, I'd hate to make that statement blank. It's not a blanket statement. Right. Yeah, there's no guarantees in life, right, with anything. So that's the case with that one as well. It doesn't completely remove the volatility. Number two myth that I want you to dispel is once you're retired, life insurance is no longer necessary. This isn't true. Why, right? Well, I would say a lot of times your need for life insurance in retirement is a lot of times is diminished quite a bit. And there there are some people that really don't need it. But I would also say that, again, not a blanket statement that you know not everyone doesn't need it. Because think about it. If someone's reliant on your income, perhaps from a pension or even your Social Security, and you're no longer there, how is that income going to be replaced? Some people in retirement have debt. They have uh God, believe it or not, student loan debt. Some people have still have a mortgage. So plus, the, I would say the final thing is I've never met a widow yet who wishes their husband had less life insurance. So right. it's not always the case. I would say it's nice to have some, even in retirement. And sometimes it makes it even makes sense. So we can talk about that specific situation. But I would say that that's not a definite rule of thumb. So okay. I don't know we totally busted that myth, but there's more information that would be needed. Okay, that makes sense. How about when you get... To retirement, the idea is that you know what you saved up by your life. You're not going to need much more income. You've been, you know, when you're working, you need more money to pay for things. But you're retired, you won't need as much income as you did before. That's not totally true, though, right? You might need as much or more income potentially in retirement. Potentially, for sure. You you may spend money less money on certain things, like maybe your commute. You maybe don't spend as much money on gas, but now you're you're involved in more activities, maybe you're doing volunteer work, you're doing stuff at church, you're playing maybe a little bit more golf. Those aren't free. Yeah. Um, nope. You have expenses, especially in the first years of retirement, maybe you're going and traveling a little bit more. So I think in some cases, 
your need for income maybe a little bit less, but a lot of times people think, oh, I'm going to be in retirement. I'm going to spend, you know, 15, 20% less than I'm spending today. And I would say that's not always the case. And this is why it's important to have a written, well-thought-out spending plan or budget where you can actually put numbers to paper and really figure out what it's going to look like before you make the big jump. Yeah, and Wade, your team can help them do that, right? Put that plan No, I love place. doing that stuff. Yeah, yeah exactly. Um, all right, so the next financial myth, is you'll probably be in a lower tax bracket once you retire. Yeah, Ben, we need to do a whole podcast on just this topic because All right. you know we offer a book. We call it The Fuse, Seven Steps to Saving Your 401k from IRS. But this whole kind of goes into this whole concept. I would just say this. Historically speaking, we're in a relatively low tax bracket situation, right? We can go back in the past. You know, Right after World War I, the top tax bracket was 77%. In 1945, it hit 94% on all wow. incomes over 200000 In the 70s, the tax rate was 70%. And so the chances are, you know, you may or may not be in a, a lower tax bracket. It definitely can't be guaranteed. I would say with all the, the fact that we're $22 trillion in debt, population is aging, we have a lot of entitlement programs, you know, these aren't going to pay for themselves. So I wouldn't say it's necessarily a given that you'll be in a lower tax bracket. I might even argue that there's a strong possibility that taxes could go up in the future. Yeah, not something we want to hear, but I mean, it's the reality of the situation. So best to get prepared now so you can be on top of it once it arrives. Next myth is financial planning today is much easier to do without a professional help because there's so much technology available now. But this is not always the case, right? Because everything's not true on the internet, is it? I don't think so. I hope <laughs> not. There's some wacky stuff out there. You know, I would you know I would say to that is for some people it there is a lot of new technology that can help you. But what I have found, I don't know about you, Ben, but now you know when I was a kid, there was three, maybe four television stations. It seemed like there was always something on. Now I've got two thousand stations. There's never anything on. Exactly. So it's like the more choices we're given, the more options we have the more confusing things really are, right? So I think, yes, there's a lot more out there. There's a lot of stuff on the internet. There's all these tools. But if you don't know how to use them, then they're not going to do you any good. So I'd almost say in some respects, I think it's more confusing than ever because we're just overwhelmed with choices and ideas. And the idea is how do you narrow that down so that it works with your particular situation? Yeah, that's good. And I like the TV analogy because, I mean, unless you have somebody to help guide you to where you need to be looking or what you need to watch or what you need to see, you're never going to find it. And that's kind of the case with an advisor is they help you know, understand what's out there and what's available to you and what you might be interested in that fits your personality and fits what your interests include. So right. I like that analogy. All right, a couple more myths that I want to, to bust with you. And I think okay. these are great for people that are considering a financial advisor. Maybe they're deciding, hey, is that for me? Does that make sense for me? You know, there's people that are on the fence that don't think that advice is necessary for them or maybe they can't afford it. So a couple of things that I want to run by as well. And the first is that financial planning only works if you're super wealthy. Mm -hmm. I hear that one a lot. Do you? Yeah. Well, you know, I want to say is that wealthy people are often wealthy precisely because they planned for it. So planning is really, there's different levels of planning, obviously. You know, the type of planning that we do may not be suited for everyone, but I could say everyone could benefit from some planning because that's what's going to get them in many respects to become wealthy and to become to a situation where they feel like they're moving in the right direction. Uh, I remember one of my early clients that I got, he was a 
there was a couple, but he was a minister. He never really made much money, but through careful planning over time, he was able to build up a rather large estate. She just passed away a few months ago at the age of 99 and was able to leave a, a nice legacy for her family. That's awesome. I mean, those stories, that's probably what, those are the kind of things that make you feel really good, right? Oh, to yeah, have somebody for sure. In that situation. Um, another question, kind of along the same lines, but you might hear this one quite a bit too, that you know somebody that's thinking about getting a financial advisor or working with a financial advisor, but feel that it's probably just going to be too expensive for me to even consider. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, I like what Ron Carson always says. He says, cost is only an issue in the absence of value. What I, I would like say that. is that an advisor can really help actually save you money in the long run. Number one, through careful planning, we can make you more efficient. And number two, one of the big things we help people do is help them stop them from making bad decisions, emotional decisions, right? It's one thing when it's your money. It's something else when you're helping someone else with theirs. Right. But it's to help them stop making those decisions that could really ruin their long-term plan. So there is cost involved, but again, that's only an issue if you don't feel like you're getting value. So it'd be important to make sure that you that you understand that what you're getting for your money, that it's transparent, and you understand the benefits. Well, that's great. That's some good perspective to have. And I like that. Without uh, the absence of value, that's the key. Having value in anything that you, you pay for in life, you want to have some value there. And that's what a financial advisor can provide to you in your planning, in your retirement path. They can help you get value and make your life easier. I mean, that's the bottom line. And Wade's team is there to help you with that. You can find them at chessmanwealth.com. A lot of great resources that Wade mentioned on this episode that you can access on his website. I encourage you to go over there and check them out. Look around a little bit, uh, but there's some great free resources on there that you can look at now to help you. Whether or not you're deciding you want to go with Wade or with an advisor right now, there's some great resources there. But if you do decide you want to call Wade and his team and, and set up an appointment or learn more about what he has to offer. Or if you've got a question about a financial myth that you think might not be true and want some clarity, Wade's team can help you with that. It's 214-572-2120. Everyone over at Chessman Well Strategies can be a big help for you. So, Wade, I appreciate you being a myth buster today, man. That was, uh, yeah, was a it was lot awesome. of fun. Maybe I should do a TV show. Hey, we'll add video next to the podcast <laughs> if you want to. We can take it that route. Okay. <laughs> Wade, I appreciate the time. Uh, we will get back into some more topics in the next episode and a, a lot still to come on this podcast. Looking forward to it. Uh, We appreciate everyone listening. Make sure you subscribe to Apple Podcasts. This podcast, The Money Night, subscribe there. Any of the podcasting apps that you use, it's available there as well. So subscribe, leave us a review if you like, and uh, make sure you reach out to Wade and, and send him a question if you want to be a part of the show like Alex was earlier today. So for Wade Chestman, I am Ben George. Appreciate you listening. We will talk to you next time on The Money Night Podcast. Investment advisory services offered through CWM LLC, an SEC-registered investment advisor. Carson Partners, a division of CWM LLC, is a nationwide partnership of advisors. Information provided is for illustrative purposes only and does not constitute tax, legal, or investment advice. Always consult with a qualified tax, legal, or investment professional before taking any action.